everybody. Get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on the stickiest, hottest, grossest, sweatiest weekend ever. I kind of like got, it. But the show... Well, I like it hot. Oh, I know you do. I do. Baby. I like it hot. I like it hot. And- and humid. I, I like to make it hot for you. Okay, okay so we got a great show today. Our drink segment is really interesting, and it's very different for the show. No cocktails per se, but for the coffee hounds in us, mm-hmm. myself included, this is great. Spice and Nice is a local woman-owned uh, brand founded by uh, Maria Chirk and her co-founder, partner, Risa Lin. Mm-hmm. The company bottles all-natural add-in coffee flavorings made from premium spices, flowers, and herbs. Got zero calories, no added sugars. And uh, we're going to be tasting all of it, or most of it, Mm -hmm. soon. Okay. As some of you may know, the word Jufro commonly refers to a curly, bushy hairstyle worn, some people think, by Ashkenazi Jews and some dorky (laughs) 14-year-olds. However— Who are usually Jewish. (laughs) Ari Ari Augenbaum and Nar Hovanian have uh, a restaurant down in Richmond called Jufro, and it's not that at all. It's a place where Jewish foods meet African flavors— and it's kind of a Jewish-African culinary journal journey through those cultures. And I, we're going to be tasting some of their foods, too. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Got any schmaltz? No? Okay. All right. Naples native, and I mean Italy, not Florida. Don't you mean Napoli? Napoli. A Napoli. Napoli. Giulio Adriani is a seven-time world pizza champion. He Woo! Didn't, he didn't bring his world champion belt with us, but he's the only pizza maker who ever won a green card for his achievements in the pizza business from the U.S. Mm. Pretty impressive. Uh, Chef Julio learned his pizza-making uh, skills from his Neapolitan uh, nonna, his Grammy, uh, and honed it in pizzerias around the world. He's now got a place here called Slice and Pie on 14th Street and another place called Lucy, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. man. And we're going to hear all about that, and we're going to taste some of his pizza, which is the most important part of my my being here. Mm-hmm. And uh, an old friend of ours, D.C.'s own Jackie Greenbaum, has brought lots of fun and good food to the area's dining scene for many years with several several popular restaurants like Quarry House Tavern, um, Bar Charlie, and now Charlie Prime Foods in Gaithersburg. Mm. We had a fun meal there a couple of weeks ago. Jackie's here. You're not on we're mic? Gonna, I'm on mic. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking to her shortly. It's like working for your mommy. You know that? Somebody has to do the work. So you want to say a couple of things? Well, I did want to say a couple of things. Say them. Okay, so... Uh, if you checked out the list, are you on it.com this week or followed me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Good threads, Lord. all the things, um, you'll see that I've been out and about. Uh, got to check out the Square's new offering, which is Cafe Teresa. That is Ruben and Richie. They are finally opening up their food hall, but Cafe Teresa is fantastic. We went to a pop-up at Apero earlier this week. And last night, we finally checked out Philip Chow down on the wharf. It was good. It was good. Really I, good. We, I will be very honest. I was not expecting it to be as good as it was because, you know, transplants don't always bring it. But Chef Chow was there. We got to speak with him a little bit last night. And the place has such a cool vibe. It is hopping. There is a DJ there. And the food is on point. Okay. Let's get into it. And the, the beautiful show. people were there. The beautiful people were Us there. Us and everyone else. Yes. You know how there it was. A lot of All right. So let's get Maria and Risa out here to talk about spice and nice. Um, where'd the concept come from? Yes. That's Where'd you come what from? What is it? What is the concept? Who are you people? Yes, let's start over. 
Well, I, I was born in Ukraine, but I come from a family of Ashkenazi Jews as well as... Um, You're not wearing a Jufro. Yes, no Jufro well, here. You know, All right, get I, out. I tried. I tried. <laughs> Some genetics had been, you know, watered down with my Mediterranean heritage. And so cardamom rose was actually the what you were tasting right now with mm-hmm. the cold brew is our original recipe and it comes from my family where we have been using cardamom and rose to flavor our tea and later on coffee um you know four generations basically okay but i need to get let's give people a, a better overview of your concept sure. what is the concept the concept is to ultimately replace or provide an alternative to sugary syrups and flavored creamers. Okay. So anyone who wants to skip here, here. out. I like that. Yeah. Anyone who wants to skip out on adding extra calories to their morning routine or an afternoon routine, or if anyone wants to just simply, you know, create a unique experience each morning without any calories, without any, again, refined sugars. Specific for coffee. Coffee, we've had, I mean, we have honestly the best customers in the entire universe who send us so many different recipes, mm-hmm. and they use it in their teas, in their cocktails, mocktails, uh, matcha. In the baked goods as baked well. Goods. Oh. Well, Risa, let me ask a question. You're, you know, you're Maria's partner. Is she BSing us, or is this all, this, this is the line? Well, I certainly didn't think so, because <laughs> I became a co-founder of uh, our little small business, and really mm-hmm. it was because I'm primarily a black coffee drinker. And there's nothing out there for us to add flavor without any of this additional stuff. Um, And that's the primary feedback we hear from other people. When they want more flavor, they're automatically forced to add more creamer or whatever dairy alternative component, or they're automatically forced to add more sugar. What if you just want more flavor? Mm -hmm. Um, So So I guess that's my question. When you talk about more flavor, how did you guys come up with the flavor rings? Because it's supposed to... if I'm reading, if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly, it's supposed to accent the coffee, not cover the coffee. Because I feel like creamer mm-hmm. does that; it like hides the flavor. Exactly, and well, I think it softens it. Early on, it. yeah, it was really funny. A, a friend of mine actually said, "Wait, wait, is this for people who like coffee or who don't like coffee?" <laughs> right, right. And the reality is, a lot of people they do add those other products because they don't really want. That coffee flavor, it's a little too much for they them. They want the Maybe bump. Too yes, they want that energy bump in the morning. I mean, there's lots of ways to get bumps. And, and there's people that say, oh, my gosh, I can, my God, I can drink a, coffee you're a mother. Again. Yeah. Right? And if they're keto or if they're, you know, doing intermittent fasting, they're like, oh, my God, I've been looking. Honestly, we hear that all the time. Well, I need okay, listen, so wait, I, we well, I just, just want to say this. Okay. I do coffee every morning. Yeah. When we're out of milk, I want to kill myself. And I don't add sugar, and I don't. I pour the coffee out. Which is milk is never yeah. in my house. And let me but tell you, this will take that edge off. Yeah. But you're trying to get rid. Well, of. this is delicious. We, we okay, should so say we're drinking a cold us brew. What's in this here. is quite literally cold brew coffee. So we just ground a coffee, put it in a bag, and put cardamom rose uh, flavoring into it. Steeped it overnight, and you're enjoying it today. It's beautiful. That's okay, it. we're gonna right. come back to you guys in a couple secs. So Ari Augenbaum and Nar Hovanian are co-founders of Jufro Restaurant in Richmond. Mm-hmm. That's right. Am I right? And I already had them on Industry Night, which is why they're here today. So we they came on Industry Night, my other show. We did a whole real deep dive conversation about the concept they're doing and how they're doing it and acting it. But I really wanted them to bring, come here on Foodie and the Beast because we really didn't get into like the food as much. Instead of we talked more about your concepts and how you guys enacted them, which is amazing. But let's get a little bit of the four one one. How you two came together. All right. Uh, so we met um, happen chance um, just through other people in the DC area 
at this point about six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we connected on business, just started talking about what we both did, and uh, I guess found each other interesting enough to continue the conversation going. Um, we, but how did you guys come together for business? Um, like, how did we do that? Right. So we start. I mean, every time we would meet, we would just like get into these deep like business discussions. And he was at the time flipping houses, mm-hmm. and I was looking for actually a piece of real estate in D.C. for me to live in. Okay. Um, couldn't afford what I wanted at the time, and uh, he was like, "Well, you know, there are these." Places that I've been looking at um, in Southeast D.C., they're great for renovation and then to rent out. Um, So we bought one, Mm -hmm. renovated it, rented it out, bought another, did the same thing. Okay, but we need to get moving. Sure. How did we get to the restaurant? I mean, after that, it was he was in the restaurant business. He's been in the restaurant business for, what, 20 20 plus years at this point? Right. Um, I was doing event production. And he was itching to find a space uh, for a restaurant. He was like, the condos went well. Do you want to do this thing with me? Mm-hmm. And it sounded like fun. Well, let's jump to Ari because, <laughs> okay. uh, you know, I read your bio. You've run restaurants for Ashton Kutcher, Bobby Flay, and worked under Maru. So what's your, how'd you get into that world and what's more to tell? I mean, I grew up, we didn't have a lot of money. So I had to have a job when I was much younger. And I think I started working at like 13 uh, like a neighborhood grocery store. Can you come talk to our kids? <laughs> I'm working on my kids. My son's got his uh, rugby championship right now. Oh, congratulations. Um, but, yeah, so we basically, I, I started working at that age. And, I mean, that's the only place where you can really get a job at that age. Turns out I really, really love this. And turns out I'm a little bit good at it. And so I've kind of, it's been where I've been most of my life. Went to school, got, you know, got my degrees. It all followed the whole path. And I just kept coming back to food. All and right. So, here so let's am. talk about Jufro. And the concept. We'll get to the name in a minute. Let's get to the concept. Mm-hmm. So the concept is Jewish-African fusion uh, in terms – or modern Jewish-African fusion. Uh, the general idea is that we started with this idea of anti-cancel culture, and it was uh, started as a pop-up as a statement on some uh, anti-Semitic things that Nick Cannon had said, very similar to what Kanye West said relatively recently. And it sparked a conversation between us – obviously, I'm the Jew and Jufro – and our business partner, Trey, who's the Fro – And we started this conversation on cancel culture and how we believe that that's one of the biggest issues plaguing American society today is that we can't have difficult conversations. And so we started talking about how he wanted to do something that paid homage to his history and mine. We own another restaurant called Soul Taco. So I was like, well, he said Jewish soul food. I said, I don't want to do soul food again. We're already doing that. So he said, look, we can trace my family back to the slave ships, but no further. And so we were like, All right, that's perfect. Let's take this pan-African flavor exploration, exploration and combine that with the diasporatic nature of Jews and Jewish food and Jewish cuisine. And we're really looking at two... Two diasporas. Exactly. Yeah. Two, but which do cross and commingle at some in point. In many which is, ways. Right? Which is so fascinating. And that's what we found when we started doing our initial research was not only was no one else doing this except for Michael Twitty, um, mm. but almost no one is doing this. But more than that there is a lot more similarity than we realized. And then a lot of things that are not similar, but play well together. All right. So we're talking about it kind of up here in the, in the, in the conceptual space. What are some of the dishes that, that, you know, we would look for in the restaurant? So what we brought with us today is a take on kitfo, uh, which is an Ethiopian tartare traditionally done with meats, lamb, goat, or, um, or beef. So what we did is a smoked salmon tartare or a smoked salmon kitfo, so essentially a take on lox, mm-hmm. uh, house smoked over cherry wood with toasted bulgur and then some uh, tossed in harissa oil, a splash of lemon, 
and a Sabra vinaigrette on the uh, microgreen salad it's, it's on top. It's the United Nations of dish. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But, okay, um, we have to take a quick break. Let us do that, and then when we come back, we can sort of dig into the food. how, yeah. well, we just talked about the food, but how... Um, I meant literally dig oh, in. Well, you can do that right now. <laughs> how, um, how you were received you in side. Richmond and how you're growing. This is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. You know, Nick, back in the day when I worked for Hex, the Hex Warehouse is over on uh, New York Avenue, and we hated being sent over there to do stuff because there was nowhere to eat for lunch. It was a wasteland. Well, not anymore. So the Ivy City area has exploded. And, you know, the very first restaurant over there was the Tavern at Ivy City Smokehouse. Now, this is a great neighborhood restaurant, but it's also a destination restaurant. First of all, they smoke all their seafood, and that is incredible. But it also is a huge kitchen that does amazing dishes, fresh seafood, great burgers, the whole deal. But the space is what you really need to check out. An amazing outdoor patio where you want to sit and have cocktails. They do live music there all the time and other live shows. And there is a great event space. So if you're looking for a place to hold a wedding or have a party, you definitely want to check out the Tavern at Ivy City Smokehouse. Well, it's uh, about 20 years too late, but now I have a good reason to go over to Ivy City and the Tavern at Ivy City Smokehouse. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to uh, Ari Augenbaum and Nar Havanian about their restaurant in Richmond called Jufro. So let uh, me well, ask you. No, I'm going to no, start No, no, no. With... I had the question when oh, we ended Nikki. the commercial break. So you guys launched Jufro initially as a pop-up, and now you have a, a brick and mortar. How is this restaurant being received, and how do you sort of do programming and, and sort of take your mission and push it forward? The restaurant is being received really well at this point. Um, there were a couple of, uh, you know, issues in the beginning where people didn't quite understand the concept. They heard the name Jufro, wanted to get offended. But then as soon as you explain, hey, it's Jewish African fusion, we're celebrating our cultures. Who would get um, offended? I'm just curious. Uh, we, I had um, one <laughs> person call like me. Jews get offended? Ju- yeah, more Jews than anybody else, oh, to be quite easy. honest. We're easy to get upset. <laughs> Tell you your know? parents to stay off the phone. Yeah, right. that, was, that was kind of on purpose when uh, when we first, we were sitting there and talking about the idea of doing this as a pop-up and, you know, immediately Trey said, we have to call it Jufro. And I was like, I love this idea. And I was like, absolutely not. It's a terrible idea. Right. Um, and it was really a statement on, like I said earlier, it's a statement on cancel culture. And so we wanted to start with a name that was kind of on that border of should we be offended and should we not? Are we willing to have this conversation and find out this comes from a place of love and unity or are we going to shut it down right away? and not give anyone an opportunity here. Mm-hmm. Well, because my wife is so brilliant, that is the question I was going to ask. Mm-hmm. So she read my mind. Okay. Uh, but so, I mean, did you have, I was just wondering, you know, listen, Richmond's the South, just wondering if there was any trouble from people who said, Jew anything, I'm not coming there. What are you doing here? What's the... Not so, overtly. Not overtly. Great. We didn't hear on any of that. The, the bigger challenge has been uh, bringing some of the more elevated food to a city that is, you know, just... Getting there. It's taking the elevator yeah, down. But no, <laughs> no. Richmond no, has a really up, but, uh, <laughs> Richmond has a really growing dining it scene, but it doesn't have the breadth. You know, it's only the city is only so big. Exactly. Well, it's so also it got a very stable so population. People. It's not like DC where people with, with different cultural experiences come in and and create this mix. It's pretty. It's it's you know born and bred kind of city. It's a little less yeah. diverse, yeah. But it's yeah. getting. I mean, after COVID, things have changed a lot. Well, All right. Well, exciting. let's keep talking about the food. This was really yummy. This salmon. And what I, well, do you have in front of you? 
So this is a South African milk tart. So it's a traditional South African dessert. Uh, it's a cross between like a cheesecake and a panna cotta. It's got it's a graham cracker crust. It is beautiful. Um, on top we have uh, sumac roasted strawberries and then a little bit of a, a phyllo kind of to give you a baklava feel. It's gorgeous. Phyllo sugar. So now you guys do a lot of pop-ups. You do a lot of collabs. Let's talk about what's going on with that right now. Oh, geez. We've got a million pop-ups coming up in the restaurant right now. And what is, and do you have chefs popping up? Do you bring in artists? Like, what do pop-ups look like for you guys? All uh, of the things. All of all the above. Everything, yeah, right? everything. Whatever sounds fun at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, right now, we're working Maybe on- Maybe we'll pop up someday. Okay. Right, uh, yes. <laughs> we have a table reserved for you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Permanently. I mean, that is how I live my life. So. <laughs> yeah, so we have an elevated fast food pop-up coming up next at the end of August. Um, mm. We just thought it would be fun. We're going to take fast food from- all of your favorite uh, terrible for you restaurants and try and make them nice and fancy I'm and delicious. For this egg McMuffin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Say what? And All then right. we're actually doing a thing in um, the area. We are uh, teaming up with CCI uh, Health and their health center in Silver Spring. Um, and they're doing a uh, fundraiser with uh, Chef Kevin Tien and Chef Tim Ma. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, we're going to go there and cook for about 80 people and uh, hopefully raise some money for health centers. August oh, I 9th, love that. I yeah, August 9th. Um, <laughs> and then so, is there, what, are you doing something with Zena? I'm doing everything with Zena always. <laughs> Zena okay, and I could... have been friends for years. I love Zena. All right, so what are you doing with Zena? Uh, well, I mean, nothing specific, specific, but we did just start talking about uh, we do Rosh Hashanah meals pick up the same way a lot of places do Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and Christmas and whatnot. So we're doing Rosh Hashanah collaboration with her. Their beauty and her, her wine shop are going to supply the uh, wines, and we're going to make uh, Northern Virginia as a central pickup location. Oh, uh, I love so that. you can get it not just for Richmond, but also for. She ever get her car fixed? Remember that guy backed into her new Mercedes? <laughs> okay. Oh my god, <laughs> he wasn't there for that. It was on. It was all over the but, internet. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, the yeah. biggest thing on the internet. <laughs> we are launching our international spice market, and so we brought for you guys today uh, two of our signature spice Ooh, blends. See. So this is our take on Zatar, mm-hmm. and this is our take on Burberry. Obviously, Zatar, an Israeli herb spice blend, and mm-hmm. Burberry is an Ethiopian uh, hot seasoning blend. Oh, make all of smells hot. It smells hot. We use all of our own, make all of our own seasonings, wow. all of our own spice blends, bake all of our own breads, everything from the ground up. And so that launches, what, Monday online? Monday online. For national delivery. Good. Um, you know, different spices, jams, butters, everything that we make that we can package without having to worry about uh, shipping cold. All right. Great. Let's tell everybody where the restaurant is And where to online. find you on Instagram, yeah, please. Everything. Uh, restaurant is in Richmond, Virginia, uh, in Chaco Bottom, 1721 East Franklin Street. Um, and you can find us at uh, JufroRestaurant.com, Jufro Restaurant on Facebook and Instagram. Excellent. Thank you awesome. both for coming in today. Thanks for having us. All right. All let's right. get back to some Maria coffee. Maria and Risa, let's, uh, this happens to be, I mean, I just, I love coffee, but I don't like, you know, I love the bump, <laughs> but I don't like it just black. This softens it enough and gives it enough flavor, so it's. It really does. That's what we hear about all of our flavors. They soften it a little bit. The interesting about the cardamom in this cold brew is that it has anti-inflammatory properties. And so mm. people Well, say, old people need that. Yeah, when it I you get know, old. helps them out a little bit there Ooh, as well. Look at that. And what's this? What's this new drink? Thank you. So this one is a vanilla chai espresso martini that could actually be found at any of the Trist, Open City, the wow. Coop places. 
it is we made that with them, uh, but it is based off of our vanilla chai. But what's the spice flavor. in there? There's a little spicy chai, babe. Yeah, it's, chai. So it's, it's, chai. it's that typical. Well, I don't drink chai. Ginger. I'm a coffee chai. drinker, and this is chai. I'm asking. Chai so is David spicy. David doesn't know what chai is. Can you explain chai? It I is, have no idea. It is a blend of the most beautiful spices in the world. It's definitely based on the Ayurvedic traditions. So you have your gingers, your nutmegs, your cardamoms, your black peppers. I mean, it's. The list goes on without us disclosing way Possibly. too much. But what I love about this one is um, it makes your espresso martini kind of taste like cocoa. Yeah, it know? does. I Doesn't mean, it? that's okay, what it tastes so like, but with a kick. Is there flavor. alcohol in here? There is. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, much wait, alcohol what is happening? <laughs> There's quite a lot. So um, the waitress makes their, uh, their espresso martinis are obviously flavoring the espresso with our vanilla chai, mm-hmm. um, your vodka, your Kahluas, and, you know, mix it up with lots of love. Our vodka or your you vodka. Go. It's so beautiful. So to Spice and Nice, you don't have a storefront, correct? We don't have a storefront, but you could find us in on the shelves of Union Kitchen stores um, on our website, spice-and-nice.com. Did you grow up making these spices and putting them in your coffee in so the Ukraine? Rose. like. No. Explain how it all came together. So um, th- that comes from my Mediterranean side of the family. Okay. Um, both my mom's and my dad's side, uh, parts of them are from Turkey, parts of them are from Greece. And generally, uh, as you guys know, Turkish coffee has so many different spices incorporated into it. I know, but Turkish coffee can also keep you up like for it, days, like yes. days. For oh, real. I love Turkish coffee. It's great. It is good. For, for do most people drink the mud at the bottom or do they I leave do. it there? <laughs> of Turkish coffee. I'm just curious. I I know that it's used to tell the futures. So, you know, oh, yeah, you can leave it to that. Yes, I've had that done before. So I would recommend leaving it and have someone read your cup. Tell, did but, they tell you you're going to meet a handsome, dashing, elderly gentleman? <laughs> no. No, but it told me I was going to meet that one. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Okay, yeah. so right now we're drinking so, uh, vanilla chai. Vanilla chai. We also have lavender vanilla. So, and I know, David, you have mentioned that you don't love the taste of coffee or lavender vanilla. Well, take out no, all he, the edge. You don't like right. the taste of coffee? I like I like what coffee does, but I just, just, yeah, just I plain it. coffee is a little harsh for me. So <laughs> Okay, all right, we're going to come back to you. Sure. Okay. All right. right. Now we're getting into so pizza. So now, all the way from Naples, Italy, and New York City, our new best friend, <laughs> Chef Giulio Adriani, who is, again, a seven-time world pizza champion. Do you have a belt? I mean, do they give you something? No, no, no. no. That sucks, man. No belt. So, right. Chef, I'm curious. How did you get into, I mean, I know you grew up in Italy. Yes. But not everybody's playing with pizza. So how did you get into the business? Because of surfing. Surfing. My father, when I was a kid, didn't want to give me money to buy boards and go surfing mm-hmm. because he was scared about it. So I found a little Is job there in surfing a near Napoli? Yeah, there is some. Really? Yeah. How big are the waves? Like this? <laughs> Maybe sometimes six feet when we really? were Yeah. Surfing. And so I started getting this job in order to pay my board and then eventually my trips because he really wanted me to be an accountant. So I studied accounting, started working there, but in the meantime, I had this side job and then it became my. And what was it about the pizza that you were making when you started? How old were you when you started making pizza? Thirteen. Thirteen, okay. And was it really, and your grandmother was the... My grandmother, of course. Every grandmother made pizza. Right. But but you know, listen, in this country, we don't grow up making pizza, obviously. I mean, now more people 
do because the access to like good pizza ovens and pizza stones, things of that Pandemic, nature, yep. the, you know, it's all changing. But you growing up making pizza, was it about the products, the cr- like what, what to you when you were first learning was really like what turned you uh, on? Well, it was different. At that time, learning was uh, my first job, but wasn't touching the pizza dough until I probably was 15. Mm-hmm. All I was doing is watching them and cleaning the, sto- the store. Right. <laughs> a good way to start. Right. So really, that's how it works. Nowadays, people do make a class and learn right away all the mm-hmm. type of flour mixes. So it's very simple now. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was more about experience and learning and atmosphere control and ingredients. Ingredients in Italy are always good. So that's the last part. In, in America, we always say ingredients first. In Italy, ingredients are there. So Let me ask you, so Slice and Pie is your restaurant here. Yes. And, and Lucy <laughs> next door. Do you still have restaurants in Italy, too? In New York. In Italy, I just sold it recently. Because um, Alla Corte dei Borboni, I had heard of many Mm -hmm. years ago. In in Ostia, is that right? Yeah, I mean, that was like world famous, man. Mm -hmm. You're like the Reggie Jackson home run hitter of pizza. (laughs) Well, so I do want to talk about how you came to the States and decided to execute these concepts and sort of... As the uh, availability of pizza has changed in this country, how you're able to tell your story. But we have to take a quick break. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Our guest is uh, Chef Giulio Adriani, who is a seven-time world pizza champion. You should see the muscles on this guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so how how did you transition from Italy to the U.S. and why? At the time that pizza became a worldwide phenomenon, right? Because before in Italy, my grandmother was ashamed of me making pizza. You, know, <laughs> you say, oh, you have a master's degree in accounting and you make pizza. Mm. Yeah, but now you use that accounting skill to yes. total up your millions from the right. pizza sales. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, when I was consulting all over the world already and going to travel in Brazil, in India, Argentina, everywhere, and one of my consulting was in New York City. I came and... Well, happy to fall in love with the city, never mm. left again. And mm. what made you decide to do pizza in New York City? Because New York City has a lot going on. A lot on. of pizza, too. And there's a lot of pizza. It was such a different world because I arrived from a world where, again, pizza at the time. Now in Italy, we are superstar pizza maker. At the time we started, 13 years ago, in Italy, pizza maker were the people from the street. Mm. So really? when I arrived here, instead I started seeing media attention, television, interviews, uh, Food Network, Bobby mm-hmm. Flay, go everywhere. So I fall in love with the status of a pizza maker here. I was not anymore ashamed of being a pizza maker, but <laughs> right? I was proud right, of because it. Like the, you used to make I, your pizzas in a dark room. No, yeah. no, no. But like, um, I, I cannot, my Italian is terrible. So what please are you trying to say? Pizzaiolo? Pizzaiolo. Yeah, because exactly. I mean, like 20 years ago, uh, that became a term here where people were really touting, you know, sort of the DOCG of pizzas out of Naples. Yes. And that it totally changed the way people looked at pizza and mm-hmm. ate pizza in the States other than like, you know, deck pizzas like New York by the slice pizza. Yeah, I'm one of the pioneers because it was me in New York with Forcella and another restaurant called Queste. Mm-hmm. We launched the Neapolitan pizza craze in the United States. Mm-hmm. And after us... It became like the new trend. But right. at the time, we were the hot things in New York, lying at the door for three months in front of the shop. It mm-hmm. was it was really fun. I bet. Mm. And so now why go? now? But the pizza you brought in today. Completely different. Totally different. You're doing deck oven pizza. 
uh, doing everything, of course. Right. With, with time and age, I became savvy, and I, I still think that the New York style pizza in America is more sellable. I think people appreciate more the crisp and the crunch, which, yeah. of course, Neapolitan pizza is soggy and soupy. Well, I say, but, you know, <laughs> I like my soupy pizza. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like it in Rome. No, no, no. The last time. There's- that was terrible. Well, but I'll tell you where to go. Okay. <laughs> so two two questions. First of all, what'll it take to get you to open that box so we can see the pizza? But beyond that, why DC? What made you come why down DC? here? Why DC? Because I teach at the pizza university in, in Bethesda. Mm-hmm. And wait, uh, there's a pizza university? Yes. Yeah, we've yeah, had them in before. And have we? I'm too yes. old to remember. So, I want to go there. Yeah. I want to be come, a test come. subject. I have a class in December. I think. I'll just sit at the end of the line and eat so, the, whatever the class makes. Okay. Yeah. So I met this. Guys, Fammi vedere quella pizza, va bene. Va bene. Right. Everybody else, please, dig in. You can't just stand around. Oh, um, come on, guys. I met my partners there. They were for a class. Uh-huh. Really? And then they realized it was too difficult, and they proposed me partnership. Who were your partners? Uh, Peter Bain, Jeff Dawson. Come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Somebody probably you know them. To- Todd McTodd. Did Here you go. want to, so now, can we talk about the style of slice and pie and the place next door? So slice and pie makes a classic New Year's slice. Oh. Right? The one that you find on the street in New York. I that want is to reproduce so good. That. Okay. And, um, and then what is... I have a li- cheese if somebody wants Yeah, somebody's like, I got cheese. I want to say something. People, some people, I see them eating pizza and, you know, there's a lot of olive oil in this, mm. in this pizza. They're, you know, you see them taking a napkin... And 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 blotting the oil and the oil is what first of all it's good for you but it also it's what makes it. Well, what they nap really is not oil; it's butter fat that come out from the mozzarella and right. floats. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm. Yeah, that's what they. So, can we talk about your competitions? I feel like we sort of yada 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 over that. How did you become a competitor in the pizza world? I mean, sometimes somebody, you at the beginning start hearing about World Pizza Championships and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then for curiosity, you happen to participate and by luck to win. Right. I mean, then I got lucky. How many enough. people did you beat out? I don't know, many. They don't well, like a me. lot. You've won they don't so like many. Me. <laughs> right. But so what does it take to compete? Because I want to know what using... it takes to become a judge. Oh, right. uh, now I am a judge of worst position ever because you taste so many bad pizzas. No, no, no. Right, you know right. no, 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 no. Oh, my God. I'm ready to be the judge. Uh. <laughs> David's like, I'll help you. I'll I be remember your intern. A fun story is my first judging in an American pizza competition mm-hmm. after I was just off the boat from Italy. Amateur or professional? Professional. Okay. And it was American pizza competition. So we were coming all these pizza full of strange toppings, onions, mm-hmm. and we are in Italy, clean, tomato mozzarella. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And at the end, the last one, arrived a guy, two people were carrying this pizza with the Chicago deep dish. The pizza was 20 pounds heavy. Oh. oh, yeah. It's all bread. And oh, but it is. Yeah, but it's no, not. I don't know. It but was here's like the thing. A, the worst so, thing I've ever seen in my life. But, so like, but deep dish pizza, <laughs> Chicago pizza, they call I don't. They should call it something else. It's not pizza. It it's is. Like it's a, a pie. No, it's it's like it's a, a pie. I think it's like a souffle. Like it's or it's a like casserole. A it's like, like a, a quiche. It's so thick. Like you need to like scoop mm-hmm. it up. Do you know what I mean? You can't hold it and eat it like like a oh, slice. Yeah. You know? You, you can also throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we know where you stand on that. Um, Andy, how much time do we have left? Two minutes. Okay. So Do you want what, to move in with us? Tell me about <laughs> tell me about the bar next door and how you're finding opening up in D.C.? Because it's a very different scene than very New hard. York. Very hard. In New York, it's so easy to open a restaurant here. It's so hard. Right. From regulation, 
you know, New York, you can do it still the Italian way. No, DC is <laughs> And uh, you, mean, uh, you mean like the John Gotti? The John Gotti restaurants here. Jackie John Gotti or some uh, other way? And uh, no, you put uh, like a paper on the wall, on the window and start construction and... And mm -hmm. most likely you can. Uh, they like, don't even know. No, but what about? Exactly. I mean, so you. I know exactly where you are because um, uh, you're around the corner from Maidan. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And yes, um, uh, yeah, I used to work out at 305, which is unfortunately oh, no longer there. R.I.P. 305. That's an interesting piece of um, information for everybody. Well, I just people who know 305 will know <laughs> yeah. where it is. It's gone. Um, <laughs> so that area. What was it about that area when you're doing site selection? Well, that my partner owned Franklin Hall next door. Oh, well, then and that so, makes oh. sense. That makes sense. There was this pizza place at the corner called Vetri. They yes. went out of business. We took over, got the risk because I never liked to take a place from a previous business, no, no, which no. is the same. We changed completely the concept. We did the, the, the slice shop and then next door the space was big and we decided to do a bar. So smart. And why not serve pizza? But in that case, we serve a few. Well, the other pizza. thing is oh. you can't, there are most places, unless you're at the beach, you can't get a slice. Mm -hmm. You gotta buy the whole pie. Yeah, we have a big crowd at night. Like oh, from bet. midnight to three a.m. is where we are. Really the stoner special, is that... mm, yeah, drunk. So uh, right, I was gonna say after the club, like Fourteenth Street yeah. is you know banging, mm -hmm. you know, with all the bars and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that makes all the sense in the world. So I could have gone there last night. What? We ate a lot last night. Mine was still hungry. There's always space for pizza. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tell us, please, where we can find you online and on Instagram. Uh, 2221 14th Street. Uh, uh, online, uh, it is at Slice and Pie. Eat Slice and Pie, sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, my personal is Wonder Julio, like mm -hmm. Wonder. And, uh, yeah. Excellent. All right, I'm going to give you an unsolicited testimonial. This is delicious. It looks delicious. Go there. That's amazing. Get a slice. Yes. Thank you. Thank All right, you. thank All you. All right, let's go back to coffee. Yeah. I'm so glad you told me there was alcohol in here because <laughs> I... It's like, this is delicious. I guess I'm driving home. <laughs> <laughs> um, and remember I said at the beginning of the show, I was like, there's no alcohol. But you didn't tell me that there is. Mm. So how do you guys go about partnering and doing collabs with people? How does that happen for you? Honestly, uh, it is. it has been such a wonderful accidental throughout, you know, just whether it's through Instagram or through connections. Mm -hmm. or, through folks like you, uh, lots of stuff is done actually through word of mouth, which is absolutely But when you incredible. launched the business, who were you trying to touch? Were you trying to touch restaurants? Were you trying to touch the consumer? Like, this is a, a very unique concept. People aren't used to putting spices in their coffee. I mean, now that, it, now that I'm having it, I totally get it. But, but, but we do put stuff in our coffee, so something new spices. that softens it. We were targeting really both at the same time, trying mm -hmm. to see if that would catch on. Because right, we were talking about with Maria's family, some cultures do have that tradition, but mm -hmm. we were also like, how come nobody's done this before? And that's what we also heard from business owners. And something like the espresso martini you're having, that was a way for a business to set their cocktail apart from everybody else that's doing an espresso mm -hmm. martini in town. The espresso martini all of a sudden came on like like yeah like two years like ago like a rainstorm and it's good. Yeah, it is good. It's very good. Mm. Um, much better than like um, what did it replace? Uh, the Red Bull and vodka, mm. right? Oh my goodness, which is disgusting. Oh, yeah. um, you can't put any spice mixture in that. No, um, so that. what are we looking at next? So you're looking at the lavender vanilla drip coffee. And just so that everyone who's listening to this at home, uh, mm -hmm. our product is so incredibly easy to use. All of our bottles that right. are meant for consumers come with a little measuring cup that's a cap. To yeah, the and it's like, I like that it's 50 servings yeah, in the bottle, a, so you're not constantly... Wait, so the cap so is... So the cap is a measuring cup. So half of that 
will flavor an entire carafe of coffee. Oh, okay. So, so you're really doing just like a little dabble do oh, kind of thing, right? Can. Sprinkle. If, if you do an espresso or a Keurig at home, for instance, our recommendation is, is to pour it, a, just sprinkle a little bit into your cup before you put it onto the machine. And so by the time the cup is full of coffee, it's also So that's full what I was going to ask. Do you recommend people put it in while they're brewing? Yeah. Yeah, because so you want the heat to hit it right away. The recommendation that I would have for folks is to put it into your coffee grounds. So you will use that measuring cup. You'll put it into the coffee grounds. You'll turn on your machine. You'll make your coffee however mm-hmm. you make it. Mm-hmm. You could also do it in a French press. Yeah, pour that's over, I would put you it name with the press. it, you could do it. Actually, what I found is if you put, I, I, mean, I use Stevia, um, mm. Put that in with the grounds, and you get much more. And now you don't need stevia. Yeah, you can use. No, seeds. no. But my point is, it. I mean, that's the way it really works its right, way into the coffee. The flavor. We could right. talk about coffee all day. Okay. But you could also sprinkle a little bit into your cup too, if you just want an extra flavor. Can you, you smoke it? No, but you can sprinkle it in your coffee. Unfortunately, not. Okay. <laughs> now we're going to talk to Jackie Greenbaum. Jackie Greenbaum is like old friend. Restaurateur of restaurateurs, and we we were at her new place out in Rio in Gaithersburg, and I'll tell you, I, candidly, we don't go much to Gaithersburg. Now uh-huh. we have a reason to go. Yeah, it's really good. So, but Jackie, you sort of launched in Silver Spring. Mm-hmm. You sort of revitalized that area. Thank you very. You know, much. you've always been known as sort of, you know, you are the independent restaurant owner. You know, the a female independent boss babe restaurant owner. Yeah. So let's talk about how you went from having like these little funky, fun, amazing places and now going back. But I want to ask a question. Was no, no, no. It, no I just no, asked no, a I know, but was it called Jackie's Place? Jackie's Be- Restaurant. Because yeah, we used spring. to say, let's go to Jackie's Place. And now my, stuck in my head, that's the name of it. Yeah. I used to joke that my ex named it after me so I would work there all the time. That wasn't <laughs> the beginning plan. So. Uh, first of all, can I say how much of a crush I have on everybody who's here today and the products they brought? Absolutely. Especially Chef Julio, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, and... Uh, and and Ari and the Spice yes. Girls. The spice you know, guys. Oh, the Spice, spice Girls. girls. Because, they're so, oh, because they're, so, they're so nice. And oh. also, I'm an Ashkenazi Jew as well as my mother Oh, my God. My who knew there'd was, be so many Jews my, in wait, studio wait, today? My mom was, uh, is a Neapolitan Italian. So. Oh, no Oh, my yeah. God. Of world. I love that. It's okay. a Jackie Greenbaum. <laughs> okay, wait. Greenbaum do we have to take a break? No. No? Oh, okay. Good. So, Jackie, but. How so, I got to Rio. How did you get to Rio? Because you know what I'm saying, right? Oh, like yeah. you're known for really like little funky, amazing right. places, neighborhood places, yeah. neighborhood places. Rio is not that. Well, to your uh, point, also we recently, as you know, got reviewed, and I, I was stunned when I saw uh, Tom Seasom in the restaurant. I'm like, what? I mean, we were there when Tom was there. Oh, well, that's right. Uh, but but point being that he drove so far out there. I'm keenly aware of how far Rio is. I live in Adams Morgan, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, and drive 45 minutes to go to work every day. So right. uh, it was mainly that uh, the short story is that uh, in my team uh, are the chef that, who's a co-owner and my business partner, Gordon Banks and Adam Harvey. Adam grew up out in Olney and Rio was his playground and he's been going there forever. So mm-hmm. when his space came up, he was very, very interested and got us interested. And um, when we when I went out to take a look, I, I had not if I've ever been to Rio, I'm not sure, but I certainly don't remember it. But I was pretty impressed. Right. And well, the spot well, it's a, it's the spot you've got is pretty yeah. good too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we did. Um, so you know, it was there was something about the uh, it was just an interesting project to me. You know, mm-hmm. it was a much bigger space. We already had the idea in hand, and uh, there was this 
beautiful waterfront space yeah. with a ton of people out there that didn't have anything like this. Right. And we thought that it might work. And geese. Okay, we have to take a break, but when we come back, let's talk about the concept, how sure. you executed it. Yeah. This is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. We are back on Foodie and the Beast talking to Jackie Greenbaum, the restaurateur of restaurateurs. Mm -hmm. She has a new place out in uh, Rio called Bar Charlie, right? Charlie Prime Foods. Charlie yeah, Prime Foods, sorry, close. the old not one. Not even Bar close. Yeah, yeah. Not Everybody even close. does that. Yeah. I know. But he shouldn't do it. It's right in front of him. <laughs> I can't read. But look, you can do it but without we had Okay, a... so let's talk. So you see this gorgeous big space. Right. Um, and it is a big and beautiful and airy with a gorgeous view. Yep. Um, great patio. Um, and you think... Did you have a concept in mind, or did you think I know what needs to go here? How did you come uh, a little to it? bit? And we always go through that um, every neighborhood we go to. Um, what does it need? What, what does, does it, it need? And what do we think would work here? And what do can we do well that that might you know succeed here? Mm -hmm. um, that was a process here too. Originally, we had started looking out in the suburbs for a place to duplicate El Chucho. I've said this before, and that's right. what started. That's what led us to going out into the suburbs, Virginia and Maryland. Um, and that because it's an I don't want to say easy concept, but because you've had it for so long and it yeah, works, and, you and, know what it needs. And we, well, in particular with El Chucho, we knew that it would be a great concept to duplicate. We're very, very proud and in love with that particular project. But mm -hmm. every place you go, there's already one or two Mexican restaurants. They always beat us to the space. So um, when uh, Rio came along and we were interested in, in the physical location out there, uh, you know, we're two doors down from Guapos and, you know, half a block from uh, Uncle Julio's. There's no way right. to, to do anything out there. So uh, we thought, what else do we think would work well out here? Well, let's and talk immediately about, about the Bar food Charlie. because. Yeah. So you went with steak. Yeah. Well, Bar Charlie is is we wanted to bring a D.C. sensibility out there that an independent restaurant or operators like us could bring. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like that out there. You know, right. most of it is our chain restaurants. And uh, so we already had this cocktail program at Bar Charlie because we thought, there's also no good place to drink out there. You know, We've got like 50 cocktails on the menu. We do. I mean, it's and, crazy. And a perfect patio lakeside to consume them. That right. was also drove it. Anybody ever fall in? No, you're across the boardwalk. Okay, I, not yet so far. Right. We're working on it. Right. Um, but also Bar Charlie's. Goals, goals. Yes. <laughs> Bar Charlie's menu is a steak-centric menu. And we took that because it goes great with cocktails in our opinion. Right. And it's easy and accessible. So we took that and then amped it up. By ten, you know, mm -hmm. we brought little Coco's pastas. And, well, we should and say that it's very kid friendly too. I mean, oh, yeah. Rio is. You have to be. Yeah, kid, of course. Kidville out and there. Both my business partners have young children. I mm -hmm. do not, but I mean, a hundred restaurants. Count your blessings. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that was part of the the uh, idea as well is to bring something much better, in our opinion, that you can find anywhere out there, mm -hmm. but that is also accessible and that is that is kid-friendly as well, a family-friendly. But yeah. I think you said something really important. Um, so many times um, a chef or a restaurateur goes to a neighborhood mm -hmm. with a concept already in mind because yeah. they're like, I want to do X yeah. without taking into consideration whether or not the neighborhood has Once any right. interest yeah. in X. Yeah. So I love that you guys really thought about how do we feed the people who are already here yeah. And then the others will come. And yeah. I'm going to give right? you. I'm going to tell you how to save some money because I mean these these <laughs> She's serving, like, the serving sizes are so prodigious. Yes, they're. they're I mean, I couldn't ball. finish. And I, wait, wait. I'm a glutton. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, it was, it was spectacular. It was a spectacular presentation. Right. Well, that is also intentional. Um, there is a different scale in the suburbs, and we didn't want to go in with some Effete, sort of DC little, pretense. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, with, you know, either tweezer food or, which we used to call it, or um, well, it's something, still called tweezer food. Yeah, something that is very effete or uh, or tiny. Um, you know, even, I, I joke, even at Jackie's, the number one complaint we used to get, which boggled my mind, was that it wasn't enough food for the money because we were inexpensive and the food portions were quite nice. But, um, you know, we're sensitive to the perception and the competition in the suburbs. And so what did you bring in today? Ah, so this is one of our, probably our most popular appetizer. It is slow-cooked pork shoulder. Everybody um, should be digging in. I don't on, know guys. what you're waiting for. Yeah, good. Good. Slow-cooked right. pork shoulder. Ari's like, I gotcha. Yeah, Ari, with, Ari. Ari's with, over here with three hands. <laughs> with, <laughs> with Chinese five spice um, mm-hmm. on top of a, a rectangle of a crispy rice with a pickled jalapeno on top. So we had them. They're good. Mm. Yeah, thank They're you. Really so, good. and now that you guys are there and you're sort of settled mm-hmm. in, were there some things on the menu that you were like, I think this is going to rock it, and now you're like, nope, take that off? Oh, yeah. Off. There's been a huge amount of editing and tweaking and shaping ourselves once we're in the space. For instance, we were, we're our menu's pretty heavy um, since it's, you know, sort of beef-centric, and, uh, you know, we have things like French onion soup that would go, you know, mm-hmm. our version of it that go with this kind of menu. And then we realized we opened right before summer with a 100-seat patio. Right. And that uh, some of it did not translate to outdoors. Mm -hmm. So we've just actually uh, launched our raw bar menu and a much more robust seafood menu Mm. uh, that is designed really to be on the patio and to be a lighter, you know, uh, sort of offering. Well, especially when you have cocktails. Yep. There's – it's like – I don't know what it is about patio Mm -hmm. seating. I I, I mean, pre-pandemic, obviously, but – People love it. Yeah. That's where they want to be. Even like on hot, hot days, you'll yep. still see people oh, being we're like. packed. Last night in, in 100 degree degree weather out on the patio. Now, it's also a boardwalk and a lake. Right. So, and it's breezy. There's a little bit yeah. of mm-hmm. it's a, like a destination patio. Mm-hmm. So, great. All right. Do I drop it up? All right, all Jackie. Right. So excited. Tell everybody where they can find all your restaurants ah. and you and everything, all the things. Ah, so, uh, we are, we have three restaurants in DC. Um, Bar Charlie, El Chucho, and Little Coco's. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in downtown Silver Spring that we've had forever, the legendary Quarry House Tavern. Yes. And then Charlie Prime Foods now out at Rio Lakefront. Each handle is their name on Instagram, Facebook. It's not hard to find. Excellent. Congratulations, awesome. Congratulations. on all your success. Thank you. My Great. pleasure. You got an you. empire now. All right. All right. So, Maria and Risa, what did we get here? Yes. What do we have now? This is an apple cinnamon uh, ice macchiato. So our apple cinnamon flavor actually has real apples in it, and that's what you're tasting. Wow. So again, okay, totally but different. you know when you hear apple cinnamon, mm-hmm. my head immediately goes that this is going to be sweet. Mm. Yeah, it's going to taste like not, an apple pie. You know, then I'm not going to like it, but it's not. In fact, what I think is really interesting it's about subtle. all of it, all of them is that they are all subtle, and they're not sweet, but they're super flavorful, Thank which you. totally changes your experience. And to your point, we can make it as flavorful or as subtle as you want it to be mm-hmm. without tasting any sugar. All right, so so I want to make sure people understand. If, if we're at home and we're hearing this, how do we mm-hmm. get this? So we actually are coming up on our first year. So we're having an, our first year anniversary sale starting August 11th to 18th, mm-hmm. and people could buy it on our website. So it's spice and dash nice.com. Okay. And nobody else has called you people the Spice Girls? Are we the, like, is, that, is this the first Not time? Yet, no. No. They I'm... do ask us which one of us is the Spice and which one of us is the <laughs> Nice. Okay. Yeah. That's good too. I a like little bit in yeah. each of us. Right. <laughs> so that's what makes us such wonderful partners. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, it's been such an incredible journey just looking back on the last 11 months. And mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for the people that we met along the way. 
I'm so grateful for Risa, the best partner in the universe. <laughs> my my actual partner in mm-hmm. life. And of course, there he is Sam back there. Look, he's preening like a pigeon yeah, yeah, back yeah. there. Uh, he's living his best life. Me being in the food business <laughs> yeah. is like yes. his, his <laughs> best dream come true. That's what I say about my husband all the time. I mean, <laughs> seriously. That's that's what you say about me? It's one of the There's things. There's nothing else you can say. Jeez, I can Louise. say a lot of things, but that's one of them. Fine. Great. Um, 30 okay, years of work so down the So are you guys on Insta too? We are. It's Spice and Nice DC. Please follow us. There's going to be so much interesting stuff coming your way. Great. So we're also on TikTok, same handle. Lots of behind the scenes of like what it takes to run a small business. I love especially it. Especially in fun. D.C. I'm being really honest about all the ups and downs. So please follow us. Please give us all the love. Excellent. All okay, right. thank you so much. All right, you want to say yeah, your thing so and then I'll say gonna, mine? Yeah, this is going to be, this will strike right to your heart, Maria. So since the war in Ukraine, the, the incursion the Russian incursion in Ukraine started. We've been urging folks to to recognize, listen, again, there are refugees all over the world, but this is a violent thing, and millions of people are out of their homes. Tens of thousands have died. They need help. Uh, the U.S. is doing its part. I hope to, to help, the, you know, on the, on the military side. But the refugees in and out of Ukraine need money. Mm-hmm. And so donate to World Central Kitchen, donate to the Red Cross, Find find a charity that's legit and make sure you check that. And I don't care if it's a buck or five bucks or whatever. Send them money because they need it until this thing is over. And then they're going to need help rebuilding the country once they kick the Russians out. Also true. Okay. So uh, we want to thank all the people who joined us in studio today. Lots of good food. Lots of good taste. As always, you can see everything um, both on the list, areyouonit.com, as well as following me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on all the things. Also, don't forget to check out YouTube. Industry Night is now on YouTube. And I have amazing guests talking about incredible things. So much is going on in the food, wine, and hospitality world, and you need to know about all of it. So thank you again to everybody here today and everybody else. Be safe out there. It's hot. Hydrate with alcohol or with water. Figure that part out. Uh, That's great advice, doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Have a delicious week.